Welcome to Bear Books for the love of indie. We're here to highlight and amplify self-published authors. So with me, April Berry. And me, Daisy Ray. Today's choice is Rapid Eye Movement, the first novel of a trilogy written by Amanda Sheridan. So let's start with the blurb from the cover to give you an idea of what this book is about. It intrigued me enough to want to pick it up and read it, so have a listen and see if it would do the same for you. When Jennifer Scott and Lucy Wilson were injured in accidents near their respective homes in Cyprus and England, they had no inkling of the connection that was formed when their consciousnesses collided and linked them together within their dreams. Both were ordinary women, living their lives they have never met. Yet when Jennifer goes to sleep each night, she finds herself dreaming how Lucy came to be the woman she is today. She learns of the dream house Lucy found in the Yorkshire Dales, the two daughters she adores, and her happy but ordinary life with her husband Charlie. When Lucy's head hits the pillow, she is immediately transported to Jennifer's world in Cyprus. There she learns how Jennifer met Elan, the love of her life and she experiences the loneliness and worry that this relationship causes Jennifer. Why is each woman dreaming the other's life? Is it real? What does it mean? More importantly, if one of them stops dreaming, what will happen to the other? That first paragraph right there, about minds colliding inside their dreams, that had me sold. It had a macabre flavour and that's a shoo-in for me. So let's dive right in and share the beginning of this story. Does it deliver on the macabre? Does it have a good hook? Is it a page turner? Let's find out. The pale blue Lexus sped along the road through the darkness and the relative, albeit temporary, safety that the moonless night offered. Elan Ben Levy's dark eyes flitted back and forth from the road in front of him to the rearview mirror. He was searching for the telltale glow of a pair of headlights travelling behind him, following him, gaining on him and maybe catching him. What the occupants of the car would do to him if they caught him was something he preferred not to think about. He reckoned he had put at least half a mile between himself and his pursuers, possibly more, since he knew these roads like the back of his hand and they didn't. He was also trained in evasive tactics, so it was second nature to him, better trained than they were he hoped. Less than two hours ago he had been compromised. A casual face in the crowd and a spark of recognition was all it had taken to set events in motion that led him to this moment. It had always been his worst nightmare and now, because of that recognition, they were fleeing for their lives. He slammed his palm against the steering wheel in anger and frustration. Elan glanced at Jennifer beside him in the passenger seat from the dim glow of the instrument lights, he could see his wife's pale features. Worry and shock etched lines that hardened her face, and he could tell from her posture that she was terrified. He hated himself for having brought all of this to their home and into their lives. She had asked what was wrong when he rushed in through the front door and quietly but firmly told her they had to leave immediately. Someone recognised me at the airport. We need to go right now, he said. The icy calmness of his voice emphasised the seriousness of their situation. Jennifer followed him as he hurried into the spare bedroom and opened the wardrobe door. From behind the rarely used winter coats and spare blankets, Ilan retrieved a dark blue backpack. He carried it into their bedroom and set it down on the floor. 
She watched him as he opened the wall safe and emptied it of all its contents. Two false passports first, one for each of them. The knowledge that there was another passport with her photograph, but a different name hidden in her home, was something she always found disturbing. It was a reminder of an unspoken possibility that one day they could be forced to become other people entirely. That day had arrived. I think Amanda Sheridan set a stall out nicely there. It was a well-paced, exciting start, wasn't it? Jennifer and Elan grabbing fake IDs, a gun and very little else and getting the hell out of their lives. Let's talk about some of the things I enjoyed about this book then and some things maybe not so much. So the story started nine days ago when our two main characters had their accidents and opened up a connection to each other that neither understood. I think Amanda did exactly the right thing with her chapter headings because it certainly kept me on track as we learned about each of their lives through the other's dreams. Because even though the story starts nine days ago, Jennifer and Lucy's dreams cover ten years of their lives. And I'll admit to that throwing me at first. I mean, everything does become clear eventually, but you do need to take a leap of faith up front and just go with it. I love that both the main characters are ordinary in inverted commas, because there's so much that is relatable about them. It makes the story believable, and even though this is a work of fiction, I still really like to be able to believe in the characters, regardless, and their stories. And in this book, I could do that. Another thing that worked really well is the naturally flowing descriptions that lend an authenticity to the story. Like this as an example. While she waited for the coffee to brew, Jennifer opened her laptop and quickly checked her emails. She deleted the usual spam and fired off replies to the ones she needed to deal with. One from Tony with a couple of contracts she might be interested in and a reminder about dinner with Shirley and him the week after next. Yes, I'll speak to the clients and get back to you on it and I have the dinner date in my planner. I'm looking forward to the evening. The next one made Jennifer smile. It was from an elderly Norwegian couple who had retired to Cyprus and commissioned her to decorate their new villa. The message was full of praise for her work and their delight at the finished product. Jennifer loved the part where they said they felt right at home, only much warmer. That always had been her goal and she was pleased she was achieving her ambition, not only in hotels and resorts, but also in private homes. They finished the email with a promise to recommend her to any of their friends who were thinking of moving to the island and an invitation to dinner with them, some evening that would be convenient for her. That could so easily have been one sentence to put Jennifer at her laptop, but instead the action was given some warmth with that added detail. I also enjoyed chapter 40, written in the her pronoun, so we had to wait to find out which of the women still lived. When she regained consciousness and wasn't sure who she was herself, it really enforced how real her dreams were. Because each of the women was living both of their lives really inside their heads. What I really liked about the ending was that in some small way both Jennifer and Lucy made it through. If you had to put the mother of two daughters in a happy marriage against the girlfriend of a spy, which one would be your hero? One thing I wasn't overly keen on was the epilogue. It felt a little bit shoehorned in, 
as nothing more than a link to book two, really. It felt strange to me to add new characters in after you've done with the story. But the book is a good read and I will be reading The Dreaming to see where Jennifer's life goes next. My review of Rapid Eye Movement by Amanda Sheridan. The first few pages of this book had me completely reeled in. It was promising to be everything I like in a book, car chase, accident, intrigue and mystery. Then I reached chapter two and the pace of the book slowed. Lucy was preparing to go on a photography trip on the Yorkshire Moors. Not that I minded the change of pace, after all I was born and brought up within spitting distance of these moors. Both chapter one and chapter two end with Jennifer and Lucy having accidents, setting the book up nicely. The book then jumps back 10 years and you hear how Jennifer meets Ilan, Lucy and Charles' acquisition of the farmhouse. The book then alternates chapters between Lucy dreaming about Jennifer's life and vice versa. I have got to say that I found the flow of the chapters a bit disjointed in places. There were chapters thrown in that came after the accident to the to the two women in the first few chapters. The two women are telling the story of the other's dreams. The ending of the book was also a bit confusing. I found myself going back over previous chapters to check my understanding of what happened. But that's really the only criticism I've got of the book. I enjoyed the style of writing, very clear, concise sentences and a good flow to the narrative. The ending of the book was totally unexpected and I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. Thoroughly enjoyed the story, something entirely different to what I've read previously and I'm looking forward to reading the sequel to this book and see what life has in store for Jennifer and Ilan. this book is something that you'd like to read yourself pop along to Amazon and all you need to do is type in Rapid Eye Movement and Amanda Sheridan and there it will be. Not that I want to get ahead of myself but the next book up for review which I've already started reading by the way is the brand new novel and sequel to Flint by Carolyn Ward Daniels The Flint Babies. In the meantime, join us on the 15th of June for a spectacular flash fiction edition of the podcast where we've invited authors to submit their stories on any subject that inspires. So if you want to join in, the deadline is the 6th of June. Your stories need to be between 500 and 1,000 words and please send them via email to bearbookspod1 at gmail.com or tag us on Twitter at bearbookspod1. Take care of each other. Till next time. Take care, everybody.